there. You are listening to Season 6 of the Girl Talk Podcast. We want to say thank you to our friends at Fox Toyota of East Tennessee for their partnership in ministry. My name is Carol. And I'm Kelly. My name's Trisha. And we're so glad that you have gathered around the table with us today. We're going to be talking about loneliness in church. Being alone on a crowded pew. I think we all can probably relate to being in a big crowd of people and feeling very alone. Happens to us all. But I think what we need to get at, because I I got an email this week. I think I shared it with one or, or maybe both of you from a lady who said, I don't have a connection with other women. And so what I find is the Girl Talk podcast and what you guys do on the air is a connection point for me. And so I want us to start by defining church, because I think one of the things that happens is that we have a picture, especially if you grew up in the South, in the Bible Belt. I think we all have, I mean, like church is one of those words that you you don't learn, you just kind of are born knowing it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like you're there nine months before you're born, and then you're there forever after, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think we need to go back and redefine church. We are the church. The church is not a building Church is not, you know, there's a song shoes. For that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the church is not a building. The church is not a steeple. The church is, I don't know all the tune, but it does is the last part have to do with people? Yes. yes okay. Does. Yeah. It is the, the people. Church. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's people. We'll find and that like for a you. Hand like, thing. You're doing the right. hand thing. Here's yeah. the, the church. church. Here's, here's the steeple. Open Here are all the people. Yeah. It's all the people. Exactly. Right. That's so good Sunday school work right there. <laughs> Thank you, Sunday school teachers. Yeah. You keep it up. I'm going to pull out the flannel graph. There it is. Okay. So. I think we need to go back and define church because we are the church, no matter where we are. Um, and more important now than ever because yeah. a lot of churches are still not meeting. I think so. And and you know, I had seen a lot of Facebook pa- pages, uh, posts on Facebook pages of people saying, "Right now, we are becoming the church because we had to re- rethink how we did worship, rethink how, how everything right. with mm-hmm. church changed, especially when the quarantine happened." You know. And that's because, not a bad thing. No, it's not. And so I think probably what we need to do as individuals and believers is redefine church and what church means. Um, church does not mean a place you go on Sunday mornings for one hour. Right. And mm-hmm. expect to let that, first of all, feed all of your spiritual needs and help you build connection with other believers. Right. That's not enough. Where do we get that? Because I think early on in my spiritual experience, nobody said that that I remember, but I very much got that. You went to a building each week, and that meant you were a member of a church and you were good. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I've been, I don't know about y'all, but in the last year of my life, I will say that I've been more convicted than ever to tell people who are still going to a building or watching on Facebook Live or whatever you do that that's not it. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not want you to miss heaven because you were going to a building every week. So what is church? Church to me is when you come to know Christ, you connect with a community of believers, and you do what God tells us to do in his word. Like you live that out in very practical ways. You serve one another. Um, You love one another. Mm -hmm. Um, You live in relationship with one another, holding each other accountable and and, um, lovingly spurring one another on in good works. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and, and my fear is that because I know there came a, a time in my life and I go back to this a lot because it was really transformational for me. And you may have an experience like this, too, when all the things that you grew up knowing 
kind of fall apart mm-hmm. and you have to decide either this is the biggest lie I have ever believed in my life or it is truth. And I'm going to go one or two ways. And that's usually where people have that crisis of faith is when their life falls apart and they realize going to a building every week is not going to sustain them when life falls apart. Mm-hmm. Giving an offering every week is not going to sustain you when you get a diagnosis. You know, all those things that we grow up believing were the right things to do, and they are. They are not the central thing. The central thing is, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Mm. And so that's where we've got to start. When, we, when I think of a definition of church, that's where it all begins. Relationship with Christ, relationship with others, and serving our world with the gifts and talents that God has given us. So that's my like elementary you know, definition of it. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I think that um, church is a place where, not just a place, but is a group of people that you can struggle with, mm. you know, that you mm-hmm. can study God's word with, yeah. that you can worship him mm-hmm. with, that you can do life with yeah. and struggle and celebrate and have joys, but struggle because yeah. life is a struggle and faith is a struggle. Mm-hmm. And I think the times I've been the loneliest on that crowded pew is when I have not had somebody to struggle with. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. I was just having a, a text conversation because, um, I'm a single mom. 90% of my friends are married, mm. like 90%. And, and that's just a guess at a, a statistic there, but, but most of my friends are married. And, um, we had a con- interesting conversation this week about, what that feels like to bear the weight of decision, you know, just ordinary decisions that you make in your household, you know, paying bills and, you know, Mm -hmm. when repairs need to be done or when your car needs to go. There is a weight that accompanies that that is heavier for one pair of shoulders than it is for two pair of shoulders. Mm, And if you've never been single in the context of having children and you you just adulting yeah you don't have a context for that Mm -hmm. and I understand that and appreciate that but that is also very isolating and very uh, lonely invoking Mm -hmm. so I think it's important to have both kinds of community Mm -hmm. people who are like you and people who aren't Mm. that's what I think these like multi-generational churches that really focus on my multi-generational engagement Mm -hmm. of people are are, it's critical because you've got to have some of those older folks you've got to have some of those kids in your Mm -hmm. life you've got to have men and women and all people coming together um all people coming together that's what makes the church yeah what about you Trisha what did you what would you say your definition of church looks like these are questions that I have never even considered. So I'm really? sitting here kind of thinking, I don't, I, I, I was sort of lost in thought between, my first thought was about the loneliness in, in, in a crowded pew, in a crowded area. And I was thinking about when I was in New York City. Mm. I was never lonelier than when I was in New York City with yeah. people everywhere. And yeah. it was so lonely because there was no connection. Mm. So certainly there's a piece of the connection um, what also, do you, well, you, and I'll well, pause for you right there. Yeah. Just what do you think was the, why was there no connection? Because you, to me, are a very connective person. Like you're easy to connect with. Mm-hmm. Well, they're just, you just didn't have a lot of opportunities okay. to connect with people. Okay. And I think larger churches can be like that too. Sure. And mm-hmm. I go to a larger church yeah. and 
if you don't have any connection point, you can sit there and, and no one will say a word to you for four years. Yeah. Um, not that they're being unkind or not thinking about it, but just there's just so many people that people don't notice when there is a new person who walks in. Right. And then when you were talking about the difference between going to a church and being a church, mm-hmm. I was thinking about what makes that difference. And I was I, I think it's because. We can love other people only when we know how much God loves us mm. through the sacrifice of Jesus. So and we can sit in the church building on that pew, empty or full, and we cannot know that God loves us. And so we're sitting there and we're aware of the music and we're aware of the experience, but we're not connecting to it because we're not really sure that God loves us. And when we know that we're loved by God, then we can overflow and love other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. is such a difference between just kind of being in a church with someone and then being the church by loving someone. Because you know you're loved by God, because you know Jesus died for you, then you are filled with an overflow of love for other people that just comes out. Whether or not you're offering them to sit beside you, telling them where the bathroom is, or praying with them. Mm. But it comes from that overflow. Yeah. And I think that's a big difference between oh, sitting in a church and being the church. Such a good point. Such a good point. Um, I want us to move into, um, because I, I, I have heard from several people who listen to the podcast. They say, I have trouble finding a church because I have been hurt oh, yeah. by church. Yeah. Yeah. So I mm. want us to talk about that a little bit because I think um, what we do is when we experience hurt, whether it be in church or, you know, not in church, whatever, we kind of build, we, mm-hmm. we, we build some, um, insulation around us so mm-hmm. that we don't get hurt again. You know, we tend yeah. to, oh, the yeah. world's worse for this. If I get hurt, man, I'm going to, whether it be, you know, whatever my insulation of choice, usually it's food. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I insulate myself so that, you know, I make jokes about myself so nobody else can, you know, mm-hmm. I, I will do those kinds of things so that we protect ourselves against future hurt. But what I'm realizing the older I get is that when we do that, we isolate ourselves further rather than what what, what we think is protection is not. Mm. It's actually isolation. Yeah. And those are two different things. Protection. Self-defeating. Yeah. Protection yeah. is, you know, I don't walk down the streets of New York City at night by myself. Right. That's wise choice and protection. Uh You know, isolation is I don't ever go out. Mm -hmm. Right. Like ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I think we use as a convenient excuse, and please don't email me because I'm not at all minimizing the pain that you have felt from a church hurt. I'm not at all. But I'm saying to you, I don't want you to miss Jesus Mm -hmm. because somebody's hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. If you went to the church three weeks in a row and nobody spoke to you, that's not a reason not to go back. That's a reason to go speak to somebody. Yeah. Can Mm. I tell you just a very quick story? It may not be as quick as I want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) um, We got time. I have lots of words. Yeah. Um, (laughs) When I first joined the church or first started going to the church that Mm -hmm. I'm going to now, I desperately wanted my son to get to be friends with all the other kids his age. There yeah. were tons of them. And oh, yes. I, I wanted to be friends with their parents, and I wanted him to be friends with those kids because that's the group. I looked at and I went, okay, this is what's going to be best for him long term. Right. That never worked. It never. They The, the group of people got together. They never invited us. Mm-hmm. 
so hurtful. The one time they did invite it was to one of those like 31 parties where I had to come and spend money. (laughs) uh, Buy a Tupperware. Right. It was was hurtful. It was very painful to say, okay, well, people don't really like me. They don't want to get to know me. They just want me for my money and what I'm going to spend at their party. Um, And I had, first of all, these expectations that my child was going to find his best friend at church. Yes. And it was a broken expectation. The... But the thing God revealed to me was that that was not the group of people he was calling me to befriend at Mm. church. That was not the group of people Mm. that was going to invest in my life that I was going to do life with. Mm. Um, There was a different group of people. And it took me figuring out how to serve in church. I joined the choir. Mm -hmm. And once I joined the choir, then God started revealing to me all these other people that were in the same kind of situation I was in that didn't have their place, Mm. that wanted that group of other, especially women that could really do life together. And he started bringing people into my life. And now it's so rich. You know, I have such good, deep relationships with friends at church and no, none of them have kids, my kids age, Mm -hmm. but it's the people God wanted for me. So two things, first of all, God had to reveal that place to me through where I served. But secondly, it going through that church hurt also helped me not hurt people in the future. Mm. and to look around and go okay I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I know how that feels and I'm not gonna do not do to you because that sounds like this group of people did things to me and they didn't um it's that they didn't do things they were omission yeah Yeah, the omission and so Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be that way to other people as best Mm -hmm. I as best I can right people will hurt you Yes. Yep. Yeah. There's just no question They're about it. They're human. They Even don't mean to. They don't mean to, or sometimes they do. Right. Usually they don't. Uh-huh. But some. It just you will be hurt. I will be hurt by people. But Jesus doesn't want us hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not about that relationship. I, th- I saw a funny meme. I'm not going to be able to remember it, but it was like, you know. Um, Religious people have hurt you. Well, they did the same to Jesus. They killed him. <laughs> no, right? You know, right. so yeah. we can't put our hope in other people. We can only put our hope in Jesus. Yep. But but the connection piece of finding a place to serve is so important. And the expectations. You mentioned that word expectations. If you're expecting to walk into a church and someone come right over, maybe that'll happen. But usually it doesn't. People yeah. are without meaning to be. They're thinking about their own situations. Yep. I've got to yep. go. I'm going to go serve in the uh, the nursery. So I got to go. I don't have time to talk to this new right. person. Or there's all manner of things happening. But when we can go, I think for me, if I can release some of my expectations and be okay to maybe talk to someone before they talk to me, yeah. Even, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then it opens a door instead of waiting for the door to be opened. That's so good, Trisha. I'm glad you pointed out that expectations yes. piece because I think that's something we all need to walk into worship with that expectation uh, level a little lower Lord. because we expect people to be focused on us. They're not really there to worship us. <laughs> they're there to worship God if they're there for the right reasons, right. you know. And a lot of times we want people to, oh, can I say that even? You Man, that's convicting it. to me. We want people to worship us. You know, we want oh, people to yeah. come in and say hello and hug our necks. Notice and us. Make it all about us. Yeah, make, make it all about good. us. And mm-hmm. that's really not longer there. Oh, my goodness. That's convicting me right now. Because, um, and let me tell you about my church experience. So the church I go to now, I was going to one life group, which is a smaller group out of the large congregation. I was having the worst time figuring out my place, right? Mm-hmm. I had visited all these life groups and I had, and and it was like everybody that I went to a life group with they're like you you just 
I mean, it's just obvious to everybody except for me. You know, and so this sweet little lady who I love so much, she said, why don't you try going to my daughter's life group? Well, it was a singles life group, and I already had my backup over that because I was like, I am not going to the meat market. I'm not doing that. You know, I'm older. You know, all these things. I had preconceived ideas and expectations of what that was like. Sat down with a life life group leader, and y'all, the wonders that she didn't change her address and her phone number and move to another state is like, because I've never done that before. Like, I just, I verbally vomited all over her, you know? And it was like, after it was over, I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, my word, what have I done? But what it started was the uh, the opening of those expectations and to say, you're okay here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is yeah. this isn't safe. And I'll say this. We've, we've got to do a better job at building those safe places yeah. for each other. Absolutely. In the body of Christ. And, and I think that's one of the reasons God has used this platform of podcasting for us is that we've built a safe space for, hey, you're, you're not a lot. You don't have to have all the Sunday school answers. You don't have to have everything figured out to come here. You're God's welcome. not mad at you. No, you're he's not having mad a at struggle. You. Right. Uh-huh. And, and I think that's one of the reasons people are drawn to this, because we say things that you don't necessarily hear in church. But we need to start saying them more. We need to create those safe spaces. We need to to really examine our expectations. What am I going for on Sunday morning? Mm -hmm. Well, it's also hard to find that kind of conversation Mm -hmm. if you're only going on Sunday mornings for one hour and you go in, you, you know, worship and turn around and leave. Yeah. You really have to get engaged and, you know, find that way to serve and before you're going to build any connections Mm -hmm. with anybody else. Right. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's vital to find out what your spiritual gifts are mm-hmm. yes. and to find an area where... Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a school teacher, I know you don't want to teach on Sundays. Don't do that. Find right. out what your spiritual gift is. It may be hospitality. You know, you may oh, yeah. be just as good as standing at the front door on Sunday morning and saying, welcome, we're glad you're here. That's the kind of person yeah. that really makes someone feel yeah. welcome. Absolutely yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Tricia said, being that person that... It sits next to the stranger on the pew and just says hi yeah. and smiles at him and makes him feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. That happened to us first week that we walked into our giant church. Someone was kind to us and we never left. That's great. Wow. 15 years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling alone today, let's, let's come back with some practical things yep. that you can start doing today. Um, I would say, number one, if you've been hurt... And because of that hurt, you're not going to church right now. Can I dare you to do something? Go once. Hmm. Give it a try. Ask God to reveal the place that he wants you to be. Because here's the thing. You're not just going for you. You have gifts and talents and, and, and things that you can give to that body of believers. Yeah. So it's not just a one-way interaction. It's, it's two-way, yeah. actually. They can serve you. You can serve them. There's something there in that two-way interaction. So I'm going to challenge you to go back to church. Mm-hmm. Not because I want you to check one of the boxes on the front of your envelope on Sunday morning that says I attended church, but because I think we were created for fellowship. We need each other. Right. We need connection. Start small. Just go back. Okay. Then I would say maybe you start a conversation with somebody at that church. And a lot of churches now have people who, this is all they do, they're called outreach pastors or outreach staff. And what they do is they help people make connections. If there's somebody like that on staff at your church, 
go to them and say, hey, I'm a single mom with a teenager. Got any other single moms that, you know, go to, that could, you know, get together for coffee? Mm-hmm. They'll know those people. They help make those connections. So don't be afraid to ask for help in making those connections because you're not going to know everybody. And I don't even know everybody in my church, but they will help you to do that. The other thing I will say to, the, to you is examine your expectations. When you go into that church Sunday morning, have you already made up your mind that if seven people don't speak to me, I'm never coming back again? Because that's the wrong place to start. That's right. I look around on Sunday morning and I'll see people with tears streaming down their face. I'll see people raising their hands in worship. People with smiles. There's, there's every flavor of people that go to my church that are in the midst of heartache, that are on the mountaintop of victory. And we all worship one God together, knowing that the best is yet to come. Right. And that's why we're there on Sunday mornings. Mm. So examine your expectations. Reach out. Don't go inward. Go outward. You know? I also think it's important for us to speak to the people who are not lonely Mm. on a pew. Yeah. And if you're one of those people who is well comfortable at your church, Mm -hmm. Mm Reach out to the people who are new. Mm-hmm. Make it a mm-hmm. safe place for yep. other newbies to come and share their life. I'm going to tell you one of the most powerful things that, and this sounds like such a little thing, but it ended up being a huge thing. Our life group every Sunday, you know when you're growing up, Sunday afternoon lunch was always a big thing for us. We'd go to my grandmother's every Sunday after church. And that mealtime was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, when I became a single parent, I, I really didn't have lunch plans on Sunday. And so every Sunday, our little group would go out to Bojangles on Sunday after lunch and just have a meal together. So maybe if you're well connected to church and you guys are going out to lunch, you can say, hey, why don't you come along with us? It's perfect. Go out to lunch. Yeah. You have so food there wonderful. so it's not as awkward, you yeah. know, Oh because yeah. everybody can eat and, and just, just talk. talk about your bow biscuit. That's exactly right. The bow berry and how uh-huh. good it is mm-hmm. and whether or not you're going to get gravy or not. Sweet tea. Exactly. Or the fact that buffalo bites don't exist anymore. I know. That's sad. It's sad face sad. over here. Yeah. So, you know, we're making connections. That's right right here. Connections right here all the way around. And you can do it, too. We want to encourage you because we love you. We want you to be a part of a community where you can grow and where you can give back because you are important in the body of Christ. you got a job to do and God's going to do special things through you. We cannot wait to see how he uses you. But it's important that you're connected with a body of believers so that you can serve him. We love you. Love to hear from you. You're welcome to email us, girltalk at thelightfm.org. You're always welcome to comment. Send us a message on the Facebook pages. We've got a public page called the Girl Talk Podcast. We also have a private page called Girlfriends of the Girl Talk Podcast. Anywhere you can get in touch, you're welcome to do so. We love you so much. want to say thank you to our friends at Fox Toyota of East Tennessee. We love you folks. We cannot do this without your help. We appreciate you so much. And we'll see you next time we gather around these microphones for the Girl Talk Podcast. (laughs) 